0: Feminist friends and welcome to Real Feminism, the podcast where we discuss films from an intersectional feminist perspective. I'm your host Joe, and today I'm joined by two delightful co-hosts, Amin and Corinne. Hi! Hey. And more excitingly, Corrine is here in person with me! Woo!
1: <laughs> a little bit jealous. I'm a little bit jealous.
0: <laughs> Amon is still on Zoom, but it's okay. Do you guys feel like Zoom has become so normal, but it still feels like you're here physically in person? It doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like a weird thing. I
2: know. It doesn't, because every time I'm thinking, it doesn't seem like we haven't seen Amman in the room
1: yet. Yeah. I know. I suppose it's like Skype, isn't it? And like FaceTime.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hated it before, though, obviously.
1: I think what's weird is just that fact that you can see yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like with other ones, you can't really see yourself as much, can you? You're like, like a little thing at the bottom. But this, you're just like, do I look at myself when I'm talking? Do I look at the people that are talking? <laughs> how
0: do I do this? Yeah. So as always, before we start talking about the film, we have just been talking for like 45 minutes about how we all are. But how
1: are we all? We are good. Oh, well, talking about looking at yourself, for the first time... I've got fake eyelashes put in, like the ones that they glue into your eyes. Oh, oh, eyelashes into your eyes. I thought
0: you had something going on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I could because of the zoom. I couldn't tell. Like, is it just
1: eyeliner? No, it's actual. Like, I because I think I just got so fed up from looking at myself. Like, a state this way, it doesn't matter how bad my face is. Um, eyelashes are there. <laughs>
2: It's nice. It looks natural. yeah thank
1: you. Time, you. Yeah, know. it's funny because a lot of uh, a lot of times this week everyone's like, oh my god, you look lovely. I'm like, yeah, it's because these bad boys. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've been scared about getting them done because I think on moros that I'll just look like a cow, but suddenly like, woo, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't often wear fake eyelashes,
1: so I don't know what these technicians are going to do to me. Oh no, they can. The, to be fair, I was I was expecting that, and then when I like opened my eyes and saw myself in the mirror, I was like, oh, they actually look quite good. And when I walked when I went home, um, I was like, oh, everybody, look at my face. What do you think? And they're like, what? What have you done? What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Should we start talking
0: about the film? Yes. We yeah. Do.
1: What about Corinne's Kar- not given us an update of her life.
0: Oh, um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) this is why we don't do this together. This is why we don't see each other in person. (laughs) Because she's mean. She's actually a mean person. Anyway, no, I'm actually good. I now that London is becoming London more and more, which is actually very nice. Now the only thing that bothers me really is traveling. But other than this, it's fine. But for now. I'm going to enjoy London and the weather, which is mm. actually nice. Oh, So,
0: yeah, it's good. Okay, should we talk about the film? Yeah. <laughs> so, today we are talking about Bridget Jones's Diary, which came out in 2001, which is two whole decades ago, which feels a bit unsettling <laughs> for all of us. And it was directed by a woman. Did you guys know this? I did not know this.
1: Me either.
0: So it's directed by Sharon McGuire, who came back to do the 2016 one, Bridget Jones's Baby. It's just a fun little tidbit for everyone. Helen Fielding, who wrote the book, was one of the executive producers, and she also did some of the screenplay, and there were two other women on the co-producing team, none of whom were anything but white. On a completely different note, I learned the other day that one of the women in Hustlers is trans. Did you guys know that? What? Uh, which one? Tracy, she's white. I think she's got dark hair. I th- I think she was one of the characters with like
1: Lizzo. Was it Lizzo? Oh, like the one that she kept saying that her boyfriend is like really like possessive.
0: I think it might have been her. Yeah. Wow. I I think she was in Pose. So I was looking her up and I was like, she looks so familiar, why is she so familiar? And then I realized that she was in Hustlers and I'd spent ages looking at her face and trying to work out like, does she have any heritage that isn't? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Turns out she's trans. So, I mean, I think we gave Hustlers 10 out of 10 anyway. Mm. Um, But I just thought that was a fun fact. So upon watching Bridget Jones yesterday, I realized there aren't any characters in this film who are not white. So on the intersectional side of things, we don't have a lot to talk about, apart from Tom, who is Bridget's gay best friend. And then we obviously have Bridget Jones that we can talk about. We have her friends Jude and Shazza. Weirdly, Bridget Jones's mum is just called Bridget Jones's mum on IMDb. She's not got a name. I, she might have a name. She has films. a name in the, in the movie, I think. Yeah,
2: they do refer to because I had talked to her
0: husband, yeah. didn't she? Yeah. yeah, it's weird that on IMDb they were just like Bridget Jones's mum. So anyway, there's her mum and there's her friend Una who likes the film and wants to give it a go. Okay, so <laughs> I've loved this film for many, many years
2: and after watching it again yesterday, I realised how white it was, so that mm-hmm. is true. I, I I, don't think I really realised that there's no person of color in this movie. At all. I'm just saying. but It is true, British but it doesn't imagine. make it a better movie, a worse movie. Okay. Wow. Anyway, Bridget Jones. <laughs> Bridget Jones tells you the story of this thirty-something woman who's basically decided to have like this resolution of changing her life and finding love, and she finds love with the man of Marry Darcy, played yes, by, by Colin Firth, which is why I love this movie. Really, to be
1: honest, I. To be fair, I find this weird. Is it just Colin Firth in this movie or is it Colin Firth in general? So you love. Yeah, sorry. That thing so <laughs> <laughs> bit of the question.
0: I don't get Colin Firth <laughs> at all. So I think
2: I really like Colin Firth because of this movie. Right. And then I I keep like liking him more and more. Oh.
1: Oh, no, but what did you think of him in that movie that you guys, like, destroyed at Christmas? Oh, Love, Actually. I didn't like
2: I didn't like him in this movie. Yeah. That was the exception. He's actually playing in a new movie that's going to come out, very, like, very soon, where he's playing a gay character, who's, I think, his husband is dying. And
0: he, he looks amazing in it, so I'm going to watch it. Okay. So, yeah, it's essentially a story about this woman in her 30s who's trying... She wants to find herself a boyfriend and lose weight and stop smoking and drinking. And, yeah, and she's trying to fit in and feels like she doesn't.
1: It's, I think it's semi-autobiographical, isn't it? I don't think so. I don't know. I heard a bit of her Desert Island Discs, and I can't remember, maybe I've made that up, but I don't know if there was some like of her own experience in that.
0: I found out today from one of my colleagues that before it was a book, the story of Bridget Jones was in a newspaper. So Helen wrote it as a newspaper column that came out on a weekly basis. My colleague was saying that she would go and buy this newspaper just so she could see what Bridget Jones was up to. Uh. So I didn't know. I was like, oh, I just assumed it was a book and then a film. I didn't realize that it was a column first.
1: That's probably why I thought it might be a bit autobiographical. Mm. Is it persuasive, Seth?
0: I think it does. So there are a couple of times where Una talks to Bridget's mum and says, the gravy's lumpy. Can you come check out the gravy? But oh. I don't know because they're doing that to get Bridget alone with Mr. Darcy, but it is the two of them together. There was something definitely later on. So. Because I was I was thinking about it and was like, I don't remember a time
2: when they don't talk about a man. When mm. two women is either somebody's asking, Bridget about her single life. Either they're asking about Mara Darcy, either it's never anything else really. The conversation um, is always about the men.
0: I mean, her friends invite her to Paris and are talking about her going to Paris. I mean, it's a very sketchy thing on the ground.
1: They don't really ask about
0: her job, do they, really? No, yeah. when they do, it's often in the context of her sleeping with Daniel. Daniel. Yeah. I think it does it's not great given that it's a film about a woman and that she's meant to be writing in a diary about her life and all she writes about are men and weighing less so I have a big question that we might go straight in on how relatable do we actually think Bridget Jones is because she when it came out she was meant to be super relatable and now for me watching it I was like, you have this amazing flat in London. I don't know if she's renting it or if she owns it. They don't discuss it. She has a really cool job in publishing and then she goes to work in TV. Conan Firth and Hugh Grant are in love with her. She's got a tiny figure, even though she's meant to be bigger. She's gorgeous. So I don't find her
1: relatable at all. But I think she's relatable to people who are now in their 40s. They're the people that were watching it, weren't they? who were our age at that time. I was thinking about my aunt who, she's now 50, but she really related to Bridget Jones and she loved the book because I think that was her experience of her twenties or like late twenties, early thirties. So I think she's relatable to an older generation. So I suppose the question you've asked is, is she relatable now to us? Probably not, but there are some women still chasing that life. I think she's relatable and how she reacts
2: to men and how she's what she's looking in the man and how she fails in it and how she's like awkward sometimes. And she's like a normal woman who fails sometimes, makes mistakes, like slip with the, with the bus and then get cheated on. And then I uh, also make the mistakes of like going back to him. Like, and I think this is a relatable part of it. Mm-hmm. The whole apartment and working in tv and everything I don't think this is something that we really care about in the movie really it's more about her making a change in her life and like st- starting to say I'm done with like being like living this fantasy and this guy who's like really doesn't care about me and making a big decision in my life and obviously like some of the stuff like not realistic like the fact that she gets to interview Mark Darcy and the the refugee when nobody can and you just like see her in the street and say like you can do it and i'm gonna give you the interview but it's yeah,
0: like how small is london they just keep <laughs> bumping into each other all the time like all of the hotels they could have gone to for a getaway that's where mark is for a wedding obviously film license involvement is <laughs> fine anyway carry on sorry for me i
2: like the fact that okay she's not fat definitely not
1: uh, she's not
0: thin. I'd
1: say she is thin. I would. I just think... I think um, she's, like, she's normal. She's not skinny, but I'd say she's on the thinner side. Because when she was... You know, and they're showing her in her knickers and everything, like, she has a flat stomach. She's got a tiny waist, like... There's no sunlight like, on her thighs. I noticed.
0: Like, she's got no stretch marks. Like, so, the bit where she runs out to be marking her pants.
1: Oh, yeah, the, but they could have airbrushed that out. Can we do that on a film? Here again.
0: Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they might have done, but
1: that's kind of strange. Here uh, comes a porn reference. They do that in porn.
0: <laughs> do they?
1: Oh Joe,
0: do you know- <laughs> I know not everything in porn is real? I just don't know much about airbrushing on video. She's got no acne, like her skin is gorgeous, and she's living in a polluted London. And I just want to feel better about my adult skin being really acne and horrible. But I I don't know, I just thought she's just very she's very pretty and mm. I think quite oh yeah. of course but I mean
2: obviously when the woman the American woman say I thought she was thin that's like w- what is wrong with you go 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 like this is ridiculous it's just like not even realistic that I get but I don't I think it was she was also relatable because she wasn't she wasn't she's not fat definitely not I would say She's not like one of the women in the magazine, basically. That's what they're saying. And also because the actress, like she was different from any other movie that she did before. Mm. She did put weight on, didn't she, for that film? I mean, she's very skinny, but uh, she did put a lot of
0: weight on for this movie. Because I know in Chicago, she's oh she's she's, she's so, tiny. But I know there's a shot of her and uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and Catherine Zeta-Jones looks actually quite big next to her. And I <laughs> think it's just because of how small is so for her, she looks bigger. But
1: I think there's a line where someone says she has a big ass. I was like, oh yeah, and like at the end, at the credits, there's that guy that's like, oh, I like an ass where we well, can put a pint on it or something. I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, you can park your bike you and put a pint. Yeah, on it. yeah. Is it like the father-in-law, like yeah. the slash yeah. um, father, Mark's dad, I
0: think. Yeah, her bum's not big. No,
2: Just, but like you say, it was done in 2001. Let's face it, like, and it, it, it's still mm. like think very true today. If you said
0: age, you consider it fat. And I get that it is very powerful that she was a single woman living on her own, having a career, and certainly from what the film says, that's just not done. I, I was actually quite shocked watching it back how much she referred to herself as a spinster at 32 mm. and how much her friends were saying, because there were so many lines where they were saying, oh, better hurry up, tick-tock, tick-tock. Okay, there I have to say, when I was watching the movie, I was like, I, okay,
2: you know, when she goes to the couple's dinner mm-hmm. and the guys like look at his wife and touch a video of his wife and say, TikTok, TikTok. I'm like, who talks like this? No one talks
1: like this. I'm sorry. This is not happening. Like, none of your friends would do this. Well, none of your friends would, but they were friends of the friends, weren't they, at the dinner party? Because none of her actual, you know, her group of friends, they didn't ever pressure her. They were always just looking out for her. But the other guests at the dinner party would always make her feel bad about being single.
0: So you guys would have been about 19 when this came out, right? Yes. Um, 17. <laughs> I you mean it to be a dig? I was just wondering, what was it like for you guys when it came out? Because for me, I guess I was just like, oh, this is a fun adult film that I get to watch.
1: Ooh. I think for me, I didn't... I was like, as a teenager, I was always really angsty and I didn't really fit in anywhere. So I could relate to her with her weight loss because I was so desperate to lose weight. But I wasn't bothered about the boys, and I and I remember thinking we're all going to end up like that. I just thought it was an inevitable path. So yeah, it was. It's just one of those things. I just thought, oh yeah, you guys are going to be single, or you're think going to be not. And right now, I don't really care about boys, but it's more about the weight loss. And yeah. like I, I kind of like, yeah, I get it because I think I started keeping a weight loss diary of my weight watching points which is a bit weird I suppose
2: I mean for me it was a different thing I think what I really like about this movie it was about the yeah how she was independent she was also searching herself she would try anything and also because I read the book so oh. I was really like okay and I, I love the book and I was very happy with the choice of the actress I thought she was very good and and also because I'm a big Austen fan so Mark Dorsey being like the same name as part of was also one of the big things too. So I really I thought it was relatable for me because it was like I was in love with Mark Darcy anyway. So obviously that was a perfect choice. <laughs> I know I like the fact that like she made mistakes, she wasn't perfect. Hmm. And she was obviously she's this is where is that what were talking about. So she's beautiful and she wasn't fat. But you have those two men who are like the opposite of each other or not perfect either because Mark Darcy is not perfect.
0: Very hush, snobby guy. He seems emotionally
1: incontinent. Yes. Which you see throughout the the films, don't you? You see that. Yeah, he does
0: not seem able to just emotionally say how he's feeling. And then Daniels fucking weird. That is an asshole. He is, but also at the end where he's saying things like we belong together, Jones see oh. you in your little skirt. So I'm like, yeah.
1: It's just an asshole to her and to every woman. For him, it wasn't about her, was it? It's about getting one over on Mark Darcy. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, and obviously whatever happened with Lara had fell through as well. Yeah. So I always got the sense when he came round that he'd probably just been dumped. So though he was like, oh no, old news. That was over ages ago. It's like, what's it? I don't know. Also, why does everyone keep getting engaged in this film? Like all of a sudden he grants like I'm engaged to Lara. And then Mark's like, oh things don't seem to be going that well with Bridget, so I guess I'll just get engaged to Natasha or whatever she's called. Like, why is I mean obviously this is coming from A very different perspective where I don't know anyone who's married apart from Erin, who's 10 years older than me. So I don't know anyone my age who's married. No one I know is really rushing to get married and really not the way that Bridget is as she's thinking, oh, my God, I'm 32. I'm on the shelf. No one wants me. I'm going to be single forever. Now it's like, you're fine.
1: You're 32. But 20 years ago, the attitude towards getting married was so different.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I still think it's kind of true today. Yeah, yeah. Like
2: at the end of the day, in the workplace, people ask you, like, are you with someone? And if you're, not, if you're with someone, are you married? When are you planning to get married? I remember like one of my friends told me, like when you turn 30, you have all the questions. Like, are you single? If you're not single, are you? do you live together? Then the next question is, uh, are you engaged? And then are you married? And then when, and my friend told me the question stops after the second kid because you have the first mm-hmm. kid and then like when the next one and then you have the second kid and then it's over Because you've done what you need to do in life haven't you this is all the expectation we have from you when you turn 30 and i think it's true and since i'm been 30 they've been asking this question every time and they like and even people you don't you're not close to like they ask you why are you like why are you not married like why are you not if, if they know you're not married, well, you're single. If you were someone, are you gonna get married? And if you're married, are you gonna get? Are you gonna have a child? And all these questions come back all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, like, and I think that's one of the
0: things that was very relatable for me because this is what people pushing you all the time. I don't know whether it's just that I'm very lucky with my family because I have three aunts. The youngest one is forty so I think there's about as much of an age gap between me and Lee as there is between Lee and my aunt Mm. so she's not much older than me at all and my mum went through obviously a divorce with my dad and is quite happy for me to never get married and never have to (laughs) never tie myself to a man she doesn't seem to want to be a grandmother either so none of them really ask me and in the past I mean obviously also I'm not I'm not 30, so I don't know whether when I get to 30 people will be like, oh, you and me, you're going to get married, you're going to do this. But I also, I think because I am in a relationship, I don't think I'd mind if someone said, oh, you and Lee, are you going to get married Are you going to have kids? Because I would take that more as just the, is this going to happen in your relationship? Whereas I think if you're single and people are like, why are not you married when you get married and you're going to have kids, that feels more intrusive. When I was watching this film, I found myself thinking I'm really glad that I'm not coming into my 30s at the same time that Bridget was, because I can't imagine thinking I'm a spinster at 32 and thinking that my life is basically over because I don't have a boyfriend and I'm not married and I don't have kids and I'm not doing this thing. And...
2: But okay, so I, I get that it was like this stuff. But for example, like the first scene when she's singing All By Myself, which I think is an amazing scene because it's funny. It's kind of like, it's like this moment when you like sad about something and she's sad about being by herself. But then it's just like actually funny because she's really, in, I don't know. It's kind of a, when I every time I watch this scene, I'm just like, this is something I could do but also because it's kind of like turning all this into like a joke. Maybe.
1: Yeah, it's like done in a tongue in cheek kind of way. But I have to say, it's so different now. Like to be pe- owning your being single, because also I think before, like, for example, the two guys in the film, you know, like we said, neither of them are great, but she felt like she had to settle with one of them. But now I think the narrative has changed completely. And we're like, fuck you, I don't need to settle. You know, if I want amazing, then I'll, I can go and find that. Whereas I think before it was, oh, women are so lucky to be getting any sort of attention that you should just be grateful for the fact that there are two guys fighting over you.
0: There is one point as well when Daniel's talking to Bridget about Lara where he says we're two people of a certain age where we're both looking to settle down and Lara's younger. Or he says something about her being younger and I was like, Bridget's
1: 32 though, (laughs) 32! She's it's funny kind. how isn't it? It's funny how you never know the guy's ages. That's true.
2: We know what age he is, Don Mark Darcy, because he's like four years older than
0: her. Oh, uh, he does say that, so I forgot that you're obsessed with Colin First. And of course you know how old he is in this film. Well, <laughs> oh, we know about Darcy's age and his star side and all of these no, details about his life and <laughs> where he was born. They talked about it
2: because she asked him, did I run naked in your pool? And he says, yes. And I was eight and you were four. Mm-hmm. And that's why they talk about
0: it. I actually did write that down because then Bridge says, that's quite a large age gap in my head. I was thinking, I think Lee's more than four years old than me. <laughs> but we'll just roll past that. That's fine. And then she says, it sounds quite pervy to me. And Darcy says, yes, I like to think so. It's a pretty way of saying things. Yeah, do you think it's weird that it's come after them talking about them being kids and having being naked as a four-year? No, I think it's just it gave me the creeps a little bit. But okay, and the four-year
2: difference. Obviously, when you eight and eight of eight and four, it's a big age difference. Yeah, when you twenty-four in, in twenty-eight, it's not that big. Yeah, twenty-four
0: is am, So uh... yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do really like that she has a lot of agency in the film and that she's actually quite confident in the film. But when she turns up to the weird sluts or tarts and vickers party that her mum and her mom's friends have, and I know obviously she was expecting everyone else to be dressed similarly to her, but I think it's quite gutsy to be able to turn up in a Playboy bunny outfit. I think she made the rumour, the comment though,
2: she yeah, says, she like, she actually says, like, seeing all the people, yeah. dressers, speakers and prostitutes was not something that she, wa- she wanted to.
1: So, yeah. Can we just, because we're talking about the party, can we just talk about that uncle? Oh. <gasps> like, there's, like, mild sexual harassment throughout the film, which is kind of deemed socially acceptable. He groped her ass at the beginning. Then he's, like, not groping her ass, but, like, squeezing her a little. Honk, bun- honk. Yeah. His wife is telling him to stop and so is her mum. And it's just weird, isn't it? Like it's really disgusting. But it's like but that kind of harassment is socially acceptable. Mm. But I mean it is. And the worst part is like not that it actually make it worse, but
2: it's, like, it's not it's not a real uncle. It's just like an old man who keeps yeah. touching her inappropriately and seems to be having fun with it. Know that she doesn't seem to be enjoying this, but keep doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that he grew up,
0: it's like, oh my God, who does this? Well, I felt a little bit similar with Daniel when it came to their office romance. And now, to be fair, we see Bridget starting a new year and saying, I mustn't sleep with my boss. So we don't know what's come before that and whether they've been flirtatious. But what we see, is her wearing what I thought was a perfectly normal length skirt?
1: Oh, but he's flirting again. Yeah. I
0: know, but is that something? Have they been flirting before? Because from what we see, that comes out of the blue, where he's saying, "Oh my god, it seems like you've forgotten your skirt." So has there been something leading up to that, or has he decided, "I'm going to step out here and send her this flirty email"?
2: Okay, so my question is: I think it's an appropriate issue. If if she says
0: no, but if she says yes. I don't see the problem. I don't know whether I feel like maybe sending an email like that is inappropriate. Whereas if he'd just said, would you like to go out for dinner with me? Or would you like to go on a date with me? If he was like that, then I'd find it less weird because I I think that's a bit easier to say yes or no. Whereas getting an email that's saying you appear to have forgotten your skirt, so that's been questioning what she's wearing and might make her feel uncomfortable about what she's wearing in the
1: workplace. The only other thing is though, I think that like well one they would have done that over text if it was now so that you know so it wouldn't have been done over email and I think that narrative was needed to build his character because if he just straight out asked her for dinner then he'd be like well this guy's all right yeah that was needed to show that he's inappropriate and pervy
0: because he then touches her up in the lift which I was also like she hasn't agreed to go out for dinner with you yet she's just said my skirt's not sick So I
2: feel this is actually from the fact that he fell up in the elevator. That I don't like. The email, I'm just like if she would have said like, I don't think this is appropriate this is appropriate, that would be like the end of it. And I think Amanda um, is right, it's like I think it was a
0: way to show his character.
2: Yeah.
0: But I did also find it hilarious when Bridget was like, oh we're going on a mini break. That means it must be true love. I was like, you should probably talk to him about that (laughs) instead of just assuming. It probably is serious. I think if someone is taking you away on a mini break, I think I'd assume, oh, they must really like me. I don't think I'd assume the head of the hill
1: is enough with me. Oh, no, but she went full in, didn't she? Like, she's like, do you love me? Okay, I think I think he's pretty obvious he doesn't, because he's like, ask me again, and I'll, I'm assuming he gave her anal. And, <laughs> and like
2: he's like... Yeah, I mean, it was the only thing that I thought when when she said, this is forbidden in most countries, I was yeah. like, what sexual act is, like, forbidden in most countries? And I thought sodomy was the only one. Yeah. I mm-hmm. the only one,
0: really. I thought it was quite interesting that Bridget's mum gets portrayed as... So she obviously is spending every Christmas trying to set Bridget up with different people. But I thought it was interesting that we saw her having an extramarital affair and then coming back with the husband, Bridget's dad. And I would like a film about that because I think the way marriage is portrayed and certainly how it was in the past is that you get married and that's it. You're with that person forever. Whereas obviously people are human and there might be people that you fancy and she she felt like she wasn't wanted anymore by Bridget's dad and that he didn't fancy her anymore and she needed to be needed by someone because why sure off with some man and then once that had kind of fallen through she comes back to her husband and I just thought it was kind of interesting so I, I don't know how many other films you see that
1: no and I thought it was really powerful that she did it that they got the mom to do it and not the guy mm-hmm. because you always only ever see the guy having an affair and stuff don't you so
0: and I think actually that is quite relatable in that a lot of people in their 30s have are having to deal with their parents going through divorce and that my parents got divorced when I was like 12 but there are some people who get to adulthood who will think, oh, my parents will be together forever. Right. And then they're not. And you're an adult dealing with your parents going through problems. But also the fact that they actually don't get divorced. They just
2: separate for a time. And then she comes back, which I think it's happened in a lot of, more couples than we think it happens. And I think the way they handled this, it was actually quite good because she explained why she's like not happy anymore. She says like she doesn't. She's not useful. That she doesn't have the life that she dreamt of. That yeah. she got married too early. That she like she even questioned the fact of having kids. Mm. The thing was actually quite like honest to say. Oh yes, yeah,
0: what did she say to Project? Like I don't know whether I'd have kids yeah. again. I was like, Oh that's maybe too <laughs> honest in front of your daughter.
1: No, because actually she's like, I'm your kid. She's like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> And I think that's normal. How many parents, like I know, like I know parents who've gone, Oh my God, like, did I do, did I really do this to make the right choice? Yeah,
0: that's true. I that just made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do like that, that that was
1: in there. That was, that was different. Like you said, though, Joe, it's interesting how, like, and I think lots of parents do this, that they might not be genuinely happy in their own relationships, but they're pushing for their kids to get settled. Um is it seen as some sort of right passage or you know, some security?
2: I think it's a lot about security. Yeah. Because I mean my mom has been a single mom and she's still she had a boyfriend, but she's single now. But she wants me to get married and have kids. Yeah. Because I think it's more like I want someone I want to make sure that you're secure, safe, that someone's gonna take care of you. I think it's more like this. Mm. And that you're not gonna be alone because she doesn't think you need a man in your life, but she still think that it's something that should be
0: easier for you like yeah, yeah. Um, for us, my mom is like like whenever I talk to her about how I would like to be I don't want to depend on someone financially so in whatever relationship I'm in I don't want to be dependent on that person to pay for everything I have so I don't want to be living somewhere where I can't afford because what if that goes wrong she's like I've taught you right because <laughs> I make that mistake I'm like, I know mom that's why I'm now like no no no, no. i my mum did a really great job, Why I do not want to be a single parent raising two mm. actually teenagers and dealing with that. I do not. And I want my own money and not worry. But you
1: can still have that. Like my mum has, I mean, she's happily married, but she's always said from the beginning, like even if when you're married, don't ever become financially reliant on your husband mm. and like always have a basically a fuck you fund
0: is that That, what she called her is that your name for
1: it she didn't call it that that's my name for it but like (laughs) you know so if you ever need to leave or you know if you just want to buy your own stuff then you're not constantly having to ask for money but when I got married she said to me don't ever tell your husband exactly how much you earn always say 300 pound less and then you keep that 300 pounds for yourself and do whatever you want to do with it and I was like that is the best advice ever yeah. because then you can have both
0: I think it is so
1: important to have that financial
0: independence and know that if if you need to leave you can leave and that you'll be all right on your own I don't like that at the start of the film there are two jokes I don't like that I thought were inappropriate for a modern day audience the first one being that Bridget's mum refers to the Japanese as a cruel race oh yeah yeah I had oh. that down. <laughs> Or Mark's wife was an asshole and got with his best man.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was an asshole.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't matter that she was Japanese. She personally was just terrible, so that
2: I didn't like. Um... I don't think it was a joke. I think her mom is just racist. Like it's, it's yeah. just re- just yeah. like a racist with prejudice. It's, I think it's prejudice really. Yeah, because the way she says it. Because even when bridget repeated she's like this is like the way she says like it's just ridiculous to say this Mm. so i think it's just precious and and, and i'm saying the movie should put this in there but it's just like it
0: just shows how like her mom is just have this prejudice against japanese people for some reason yeah so there was that and then this joke her mom then says to bridget that she won't ever get a boyfriend if she looks like she's wandered out of auschwitz
1: oh yeah i know i put that down too and i was like i don't know I don't know if maybe we should just not do
0: Holocaust jokes anymore because
1: yeah.
0: it was an awful thing to have happened. And Did she say this? Yeah. yeah. I had to yeah. pause the film. I was like, fucking no, hell, it's just started. Like, this happened within people's lifetimes and people still alive went through it. Maybe we should just not joke about that. as an awful thing where lots and lots of people died. But other than that, I don't think there were many jokes in there. There was
1: I- one... More, which I don't know, it's when um she was talking about Tom and she called him a total puff. Oh yes. yeah, I was
2: gonna ask you guys because it was like, I don't think this word is okay now, is it? No, I was
0: like, I don't think this is okay to say. Isn't it? It's not a word I associate with a friendly term for someone. What do we think about Tom? Because he's our only intersectional character. He's white and a man, but he's all we have in this film. <laughs> And actually, so obviously, well, not obviously, but I've seen this film so many times that all the bits that are meant to be funny are now don't find funny because I've seen them so many times. The bit that I did laugh at is when Mark and Daniel are having a fight, and Tom runs into that restaurant, and he's like, "There's a fight happening right now. It's amazing," or whatever he says. So yeah, how do you feel about Tom?
1: I think he was just all right. Like, I loved his attitude, his confidence. You know when the couple were like saying, can you move your chair? And he was like, yeah, yes, yes, yes. You know, that was me, and all of that. So I liked his sassiness. But he didn't, there wasn't really anything more, was there? Because him and the other girls would just came as a group.
0: It's tricky because obviously the, the gay best friend is a stereotype and trope. But I think because she has this group of friends it doesn't feel like she was singling him out because he's gay. And that's fun in air quotes. He was just a group of friends. I did also like it when I think it was when Daniel Cleaver walked in and Tom leans across one of the other friends to be like, "Hi, I'm Tom," and she, like he must have accidentally smacked <laughs> him in the face because she like leans back to get his face. He's like, "Hi," and he's like, funny, nice to meet you." I don't know everything
2: that you heard about me. Like
0: he's all about the drama
1: and the gossip.
0: Yes. Actually, I think my favourite thing about this film, are her friends. I think they're so fun. Apart from the bit where she says, or oh, at least now I'm 30 I can handle my drink, and she falls out of the taxi and comes like, <laughs> yeah. she's fine and closes the door. <laughs> I'm like, I hope my friends to make sure I got in my house <laughs> instead of just being like, run right on.
1: <laughs> also, where did they go? You know, at the end when they were like, oh, put your suitcase in here and your passport. And, but then they just left without her.
0: I think they went to Paris and she... she stayed with, yeah. Mark, stayed with yeah. Mark. She had yeah. her own romantic weekend. I think I would have gone to Paris. personally. <laughs> you would have stayed with Mark.
1: Yes. Definitely. Oh, I would have definitely gone to Paris. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm French. I don't need to go to <laughs> Paris again. I can stay with
0: Mark. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do find now as an adult there are a lot of things I still think of like the big pants I still think of as like Bridget Jones pants and they have become quite iconic as Bridget Jones pants haven't they I
1: yeah. oh my oh my god I love my granny pants to be fair
0: yeah I wish they were still like it is I kind of wish there were more Bridget Joneses in the media and in the public eye that were allowing big pants to be a thing you
1: can do joe they're your knickers do you i know, do I know
0: i can but, but i think they're coming back in fashion anyway all the
1: 50 kind of like highway things, mm. uh panties are coming
2: back in style oh
1: my god your, i love an MS like pack of 12 5. <laughs> <laughs> high high briefs god, i'm just looking into this yeah M- ms S high like weighted briefs okay
0: you
1: get five for like an eight pound. Okay. <laughs>
2: I know. Uh, no. Oh, we can. Okay, let's go back to the fight. Mm. The fight looks ridiculous. I'm. I'm sorry, but it's like they. They. I don't know how they fight, but mm. I fight
0: better. Well, it is
1: two white men fighting, so. <laughs> I've
0: never been in a fight, so I don't know if I could have done any better. To be honest,
1: uh, I've been in a fight before, and have
2: you? Were you when I was younger, not now? <laughs> 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 Yesterday. <laughs> no, one time. One girl, I was watching her in the bus and she punched me in the face. So I had to punch
1: her back. Karina, I I love that. You had to punch her back. And also, what (laughs) do you mean? You had to punch her back. I
0: mean, I don't (laughs) judge you because she punched you first.
2: I was with my best friend in the bus and I was looking in front of me. She was sitting in front of me. I wasn't watching her. Which was just, like, in my thoughts. Um, and she, she, she asked me, like, why are you looking at? And it was, like, I don't know. And I didn't listen to her. I was, like, my friend, it's, like, what are you looking at? And she punched me in the face. And then I punched her back. And then <laughs> and then we started fighting. And then we got kicked out of the bus. And then
1: we just left. To be fair, that would have been my first reaction. If someone hits me, I hit them back. Of course. Like, I don't care who you are.
2: Basically, what I'm saying is, that like my fight, was better than calling birth a new grand five which looks ridiculous when they're like trying to touch each other and i mean um I do you think <laughs> it was
0: scripted because i was wondering whether they were like i think so just go at it and see what happens and whether that's why they were really tentative and like oh, obviously the bit where they're going through the window and stuff yeah would, would have to be so you need stunts but that beginning bit where they're like
1: <laughs> yeah this is <laughs> awkward thing.
0: yeah I wonder whether that was just do what you do in a fight, but obviously you don't hurt each other. But I thought it was a ridiculous fight, and also
2: why, I mean, it's, it's so one I think that kind of thing was unrealistic, is like, he's supposed to be his best man, so, which means like, one of his best friends also, and they don't seem to have any, like, like they don't seem to be, have ever been friends before, like, they, they seem to barely know each other,
1: and he just slept with his wife, yeah, but I think there's going to be a lot of anger there, isn't there? Like, Mark Darcy seems as if someone, like, something bad happens to him, he just walks away rather than being emotive. Yeah, but like, like uh, Daniel Cleaver
2: doesn't seem to react. Like, he seems like, oh, I slept with your wife, whatever. Because like,
1: well, he doesn't give a shit. He's a dick, that's why. Yeah, true. So, I realize
0: we've been talking quite a while. Is there anything else anyone would like to say? Let
1: me just check my list.
0: i did write down that in terms of the weight stuff i was actually quite glad there wasn't actually that much weight stuff in the film so you see her weighing herself and she mentions what she weighs at certain points but there wasn't anything like dieting and stuff like that the bit i found really weird is when you see her fridge and there are pictures of stick-thin models with her face oh yeah
1: Yeah. that was was disturbing the only other thing and i think maybe it's just because of the work that I'm doing at the moment and I just went to a white privileged workshop and I didn't know whether, and I, you can tell me if I'm like taking this out of context, but I just thought maybe there is an element about this whole movie about white privileged women because she is really not very good at any of her jobs. She gets all the jobs and she gets all these opportunities but it was just a bit of like, well she's a white woman from a very middle-class background, you know, so she's got that privilege, but it was, that was the only thing, be- and I think that's just because of the context of the work I've been doing recently. No, but um, I
2: think you're right, to be honest. She's like, when, you, you know, when she do the interview for all the jobs, and basically the only reason she got the job on TV is because she's saying, like, I tried my boss, and now I have to find another job, and the guy's like, it's okay, and basically tells her, like, it's not a problem here. And then she, the first scene like she does for her job, she basically, we see her ass on TV and she's like, it's okay. And she's just like, every time she talks, she's like, oh my God, she's kind of stupid,
0: but uh, she's fine, so it's okay. But she's I very think- very incompetent. It, it, yes.
2: Yeah. Even like the beginning with like with Daniel when she's like on the phone with a friend and she's making this huge mistake about talking about the guy who died. And you're just like, this is- this is just stupid, like, what are you doing? Mm. Yeah, I think you're right in a way that, to come back to the fact that there's no person of color, this is London, this is yeah, fucking London. Like, what kind of place? You can, not even in the restaurant they go to, like nowhere to be seen.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really bad. Again, I, I honestly, I don't think, until I was going through IMDb and was like, oh God, there's no one on here.
1: No one. But this and isn't that the kind of same time that Brenda like Beckham was made as well? Like,
0: yeah, within a couple of years, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I'm yeah. glad now that I'm watching it and thinking that's wrong and that feels mm. un- uncomfortable. Whereas when I watched it before, it would never have crossed my mind. Yeah. But I think you know, it's. I mean, you know, like the Friends
2: reunion was this week and everything, and like. So friends came back into the media and people were saying how this show was so white. Same thing happening in one of the biggest cities in the world, which is New York. And they were criticized for years about it. And by the end, they had a couple of like, I mean, they had like some characters that were not white, but the main character, the main cast was white. And I was reading this very interesting article about it and how all like sex in the city is the same, very white. So the same period, because I think friends finished Around 2010 or something. The thing is, and I was reading this article about how it was very white and how at the time the target audience was white, like religions is also this, because I don't even think in the book there is any person of color in the book anyway. So it was, it was like the, at the time studios were not looking for diversity. Mm. And it was about this white woman was living in a very white environment and I think yeah i wouldn't think if they would do the movie today obviously it would be very different yeah you know what there's so many things in this movie that <laughs> if they would happen, yeah it will happen today they will not like I'm, I'm still amazed how they smoke so much in the movie yeah it seems like not a thing that happened in 2021 how they talk like the the term that they use like there's so many things that would not have happened Mm. would not have been acceptable and I think it would be much more harsh on Daniel Cuever if he was 2021
1: oh my god he'd be me too exactly
2: it would be very different
1: well I don't think he would he'd have been attempted to be me too but he would have s- s- thingied his way out of it
2: but I mean I don't know have you seen the, the, the sequel of those of this movie like the Bridget Jones uh, yes, yes, and yes. Bridget's baby and the last one, Rangel's baby, actually came out like not too long ago. Oh, think, okay. like, so that's five years ago already. But still, it's like, you can see the evolution between oh, yeah. this one and mm. the,
0: the last one. Okay. Right. So I think intersectional wise, I don't know whether we want to give it a one for that being a gay character or a point five. Yeah, I think 0.5. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And then the feminist side. I mean, the whole film is a, feels like it's about her finding a man.
1: Yeah, it is. But then there's a whole film about her, like this one, like a film about a woman who is killing it, the how she got the jobs, like, it doesn't matter. But, yeah, her focus is about getting a man. So, like, three and a half? Is that f- too generous?
0: I'm not sure about the half point. I might okay. be with for the three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I don't know why the half is going, me off. because it's quite small...
2: No, but yeah, I have to say, um, as much as I like this movie, I don't think this is, on the feminist spectrum, it's not scoring very high. Mm. Because it's very uh, centric about looking for a man and the experience she has. And um, like the weight issue is not really discussed in a very good way. But she does have like a group of good
0: friends to support her. So that's a good thing. And she's loved just the way she is.
2: Yeah. I don't know how I feel about this sentence though. Why? Know. No, I love how she reacts when she says, except for the drinking, except for the smoking, except for the mop you love me. And the fact that she has a group to remind her, like, no, no, that's how you have to understand it. But I thought it was funny how, like, because you never showed any interest in her. Yeah. And you just come out of nowhere. So it kind of, kind of out of nowhere that he likes her. So I don't know. But I do like him, so I don't
0: know. I just like the idea that ultimately she's fine as she is. Like all of this, these resolutions, she's setting herself to do all of these things and someone else just as she is, she doesn't need to do all of that. No.
1: Because you're
0: amazing. Okay. And we'll Three and a, a half now. So there go. It gets five? Four. 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 Okay. Four out of ten. Not great, but it's not bad. It's not
1: a word. It's a good movie, isn't it? Though, It's a good easy watch. Yeah. Not that I would put it on, but it's an easy watch for you, Kareen.
0: I mean. It was very nostalgic. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, Bridget Jones got four out of ten.
0: Not great. Must try harder, please. Thank you very much to Amin and Kareen for joining me today. Thank you very much to Sandra for the music you hear at the beginning and end of the podcast. And thank you very much to Lee for doing all the producing and editing and artwork. If you want to get involved in our social media and let us know what you think of Brittany Jones, you can find us at Real Feminism. That's real spelt R-E-E-L. And we'll be back in your ears in two weeks time. (gasps) Wait no we won't oh my god this is the end of season one sorry for the last minute notice but uh we are going on a break whilst our producer editor and art guy is busy doing in his words literally anything else but don't worry we'll be back in autumn time you can go on our facebook and instagram page to find out exactly when that will be we will reveal the date nearer the time but until then thank you for listening and we will see you in the autumn bye